Jesus Christ, that was a bit loud. That's so strange. So strange. That's a new feature. Mate, like I think um I think I've only ever had that one other time. And then everything else has just kind of been like smooth sailing and fuck me, I've shat my pants twice with that thing. It's always that creepy female like deuce ex machina robot voice too, right? Yeah, they make it so robotic, like it's like, hey, AI is coming, you know what I mean? Like we're here, we're gonna take over. And yeah. uh yeah, it's always dead, dead creepy. Yeah, not not a fair. I wonder if anyone else could hear that or it's just us two chatting about X machine. I'm sure enough people have to have to work on Zoom now that everyone has to go through that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's dead strange. Like people maybe like would have drove like 20, 30 minutes out of town to go take a meeting. We'll literally just sit in their own home office and they'll do it on Zoom, which has its benefits and and um but at the same time, you know, you, you don't get that social interaction. Yeah, that's but that's why we do what we do, though, because we definitely see the benefit of the social interaction. Mm, just getting around people. People make the world go around, mate. That's it. And okay. that's now that's clear more, now more than ever. It's not being around people. Lose mm. the, people lose their goddamn mind. Mm. Yeah, 100% for sure. What's it like in uh, in Canada? I know back home in the UK, like it's, it's fucked with that whole type of stuff. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's it's odd, man. Like different people have different risk factors, but ultimately, like, uh, it's not honestly, it's not great. And I don't want to speak ill of it, but like, it is from a procedural standpoint, from a government standpoint, I don't think it's been handled the best. And empirically, there's some evidence to suggest that Canada might be one of the worst developed G8 countries in actually handling this. I know for the vaccine, it's been not that that's like necessarily the the answer, but the the social barometer the pressure is very high like mm. you know people that are usually you know uh, famously laid back are now very uptight so the fear is definitely settled in and i mean we're still in lockdowns man like we've this been going on for 18 20 months now um and there's still ontario the province of ontario is still locked down i think it's starting to settle in now with people and people are getting pretty pretty weird um but it's it is what it is, man. Like no one will ever really come to blows about it. People just kind of say their piece, whatever makes them feel comfortable, and then they carry on with their day. So mm. it's it's definitely it's definitely odd. It's quite the contrast to the, how Canada was a few years ago. Mm. Well, it's just adapt and overcome, right? Like fucking play the hand you dealt and all that type of stuff, and just uh, keep moving on. Keep keep keeping on. Keep on keeping on. I one. think I was one of, that was one of your mates that said that, right? I'm pretty sure that was one of your guys. Yeah, maybe. Fuck. Oh, God true, damn. That's Churchill for sure. Uh, oh, if you're going through hell, keep going. Yeah, that's Churchill. That's his most famous one. Or obviously, we'll the, fight them on the, the beaches. Keep on, keep on keeping on is a, is a Churchill thing, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, maybe. I mean, He's he is. He's, he's a clever bloke. Yeah. Some would say in New Zealand or Australia, some would say he's a clever cunt. Um, they say that all the time. Although I tell you what, it's weird, right? Because I'm from the, the the north of England, so things, you know, it doesn't really matter what you fucking say. It's just kind of common language, right? And I came over here, and and some of them are quite uptight with it. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, everyone's going to be saying cunt all the time. It's going to be fine. And the next thing you know, I drop it, and they're like, oh, excuse me, you can't say that. I was like, what do you mean? Yeah, so one thing Australia has got over New Zealand is you can say that in just about every set and setting and no one seems to care it's a term of endearment i think is yeah. what it's often phrased as it's a term of endearment especially if you're referred to as a as a good cunt you know what i mean like you're like yeah. ah okay cool yeah yeah i'm doing i'm doing something right you know <laughs> yeah in it man um so i think one of the uh biggest things you're known for outside of everything fitness is fucking time management mate Really? I would say so. Oh, interesting. Yeah, maybe. How the fuck do you squeeze everything in? Uh, I, I wake, I don't sleep a lot. Oh, I don't sleep a lot. I wake, and I wake up early. I think the waking up early is, is a key. And not like, even if you go to bed early, mm-hmm. I think waking up early to me, it was such a foreign concept when I started in grad school. Like I said, and for me, waking up early in grad school was like getting up at seven. Mm-hmm. Like, how the fuck am I going to do this for the rest of my life? Now it's like, uh yeah you know you're getting up but routinely as long as i'm up for a few hours before in the place that i'm in where no one else is awake it helps me get like a jump 
Um, traveling a lot helps when you're jet lagged. Sleep is few and far between. So you can use that time when you're not asleep to get shit done. Uh, I think it's an iterative process, man. Like it's weird. No one's ever really asked me about that, but I guess it's something that like I have to work on and I pay like a decent amount of attention to now that I'm thinking about it. Um, mm. Everything is scheduled. Everything is timed. Everything is. And like, I remember having my first seminar booked like two months out. I was like, wow, this is crazy. I have something on my calendar for two months from now. And then like, it was three months and then it was six months and then it was 10 months and then it was a year and then it was two years. I was like, holy shit. Um, I think like we get a decent amount of time to manage if you manage the time you have well. Mm. Um, so I think a lot of it is, I, 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 my commitments usually precede my time management. I like overcommit myself and go, fuck, how am I going to make this work? And then it's like, all right, well, I can either be more efficient when I'm doing this and do it in less time, or I can wake up earlier. I could um, do this while I'm doing this, or I can delegate, which is kind of a cool thing now. Like I have a pretty good team with me. So if I need to get something done, that doesn't require me to be there and doing it. I could have that. Um, so I think really, I've been talking about this a decent amount lately. It's like just understanding like points of leverage as well. Like kind of how you stand in a relationship and where you can stand to benefit and using leverage to your advantage. So there's a lot of facets that go into it, but I think ultimately, like, especially in the industry, people like people like the imagery of working um, or being busy, but not necessarily being productive. And you can usually tell the difference based off of like the end result. Like if the end result is you're still on the gym floor 16 hours a day in five years, it's like, you've just been busy. Like you haven't been productive. Right. So that's something for me that I always try to make sure that when I'm working or whatever I'm working on, I'm being productive and not busy. Mm. If I have to busy work, I can, you know, just not do it or delegate it. But yeah, that's a, dude, a totally blind side. I didn't really expect that to be something that I was known for, but I guess it's not the worst thing to be known for. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know if anyone else picks up on it, but I definitely pick up on it. And it's it's something that I relate to, too, having to get up maybe an hour and a half, two hours before I'm needed somewhere or someone needs me, whether on this thing or where it's it's whatever. Like I need a I need that time where the world doesn't fucking want me and I can just kind of do my shit, get my own mind right. So then I can, you know, kind of kick the uh, kick the dick in the kick the day in the dick instead of playing catch up all the time, which I find most people do you know getting up 15 minutes before you needed to go to work and then it's like all right i grab a piece of toast on the way and then there you go like fucking nutrition's gone down this shit because you've probably not got a good food in you your mindset's kind of a bit sleepy you're playing catch up etc etc yeah i need i need that time too man it's amazing to me how little it takes to to get very far ahead like mm. if you would have told me like hey man if you get up like two hours earlier every day and like, cause it's been slow. Like, I mean, I can get up at four and be productive if I have to. And there's some days I don't, man. Like there's some days where I just like, we just want to sleep in and I'll get up at seven or something like that. And it's, that's totally fine. But those days are scheduled. I'm not sleeping through anything. Cause I can sit there and not really have to worry about it. Like, okay, this is kind of normal. I enjoy this. But it's like amazing. If you would have told me 10 years ago, like, Hey man, if you just get up at 5am every day, you're going to be like seemingly, and I don't know if this is the only criteria, but I, I, I like to try and get a lot of stuff done, but you'll be so much further ahead at, at the very least of where you are now, let alone where that puts you in your respective field that I would have done it then just not, I just didn't know. And then now it's like, well, if I had to attribute, like just being able to have some of the opportunities that I have a large in part stems from the fact that I'm up pretty early every day. Um, because like you said, you got that time to yourself and you can think, which I, I think is something that people don't do very often because they wake up and they, all they're thinking about is, Oh shit, I'm late. Or, oh shit. I got to run out the door. It's like, I'm thinking about stuff that is going to be productive while I put my shoes on. I'm not thinking about, Oh shit, I need to put my shoes on. I'm thinking about other stuff that like will stand to benefit me in the future. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely, you at the very least, like it's something that's a process that you just have to start. Right. Like I remember like the, like I remember figuring out where my Google calendar was and like, Oh, that's where it is. And that was day one. I was like, that's okay. I know where it is. Now I click the little box with all the boxes and the thing that's a calendar and then all this stuff shows up. And then I downloaded it on my phone. I had nothing in there. 
but it was just like, and I built and I was like, well, I'm going to go to the gym on this time. And that's still the first thing that goes into the schedule. And I'm like, oh, I can change the color of it. So gym and my schedule is in graphite. It's in like this cool little gray. And then that's where, so all I had for a whole one week when I started doing this was like all my gym schedule. It's like, I was going to do this anyways. I already knew I was going to go to the gym this time, but it was there. And then it was like, well, after the gym, I need to get groceries. And then before the gym, and then it just kind of like sporing out and it got colored coded and all this stuff. And now it's like, you know, beginning of the month hits, lay down a foundation, beginning of every week hits or Sunday hits. We go in like we fill in the blanks and yeah, it's definitely, it's iterative and, but it's having that system and having it be to a certain degree adaptable mm. it allows you to get so much more shit done. It's ridiculous. hundred percent. I'm right? still not anywhere where I want to be with it, but like even in the last couple of years, like, just in the stuff that I've been able to do and looking back, going, there's no way I could have done this if I woke up at eight o'clock every day. Mm. I still can't get on that, um, that sort of Google calendar drive. I've got my diary right next to me. Um, I need that pen and paper. You know what I mean? I'm more of a less evolved. There we go. He's got it. Like, uh, I'm just full of it. Like technology is not my thing. I, we are talking on technology and that's a bit crazy. He is absolutely wadded with a, I got all the tools, yeah. I got all the tools. You want to go? You want to go pad and a pad? You want to go digital? Oh, uh, you got the uh, little sticky notes with um, different colors on them. I don't do the sticky note thing because I'm never in the same place long enough. Right? Uh, I'm in my yeah, office fair. right now, but I'm I'm not. I'm quite mobile. So this this notebook comes with me. So I do like a pen and a pad. I find like the valuable shit goes in here. Like if I if I have an idea for like the like a book or if I if I'm expanding on something or if I'm studying, pen and a pad. So this if it's good if it's gold it goes it goes down. I definitely respect like the medium is the message. So if it's stuff I got to do, notes on my phone, things like that. But the good stuff that goes that I, I totally agree with you on that. There's something about the old school pen and the pad. If mm. I could, man, I would go around with a fucking giant feather quill and a bunch of, <laughs> and I'd scroll it. Yeah, get it, uh, get it, on, literally put it on scrolls, put it in a glass cabinet behind you. Like yeah. these are the rules of Jordan. Just have someone play a trumpet as I roll <laughs> it out. Hey, that sounds uh, sounds like you're building an empire, mate. If, dude, mark my words. If I ever get to where I want to go, that'll be how I start every one of my days. Someone reading me a scroll, red carpet, the whole nine yards. Oh, but it has to be recycled paper. Fuck that! I'll do it on alpaca. I'll just have the most like. I'll do it on. I'll do it on some rare animal or something. I'll do it on Dalmatian. I'll do Cruella Deville. I watched a good movie last night, uh, The Outlaw King. I never saw it. It's um about Robert the Bruce and uh, the rebellion of Scotland against England. If you're into the whole medieval kind of scene, um, it's good. I think it might resonate more with your people and mine. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it kind of sparked a, a little bit of a a back and forth. Like my good friend over here is from Scotland, and obviously I'm from Northern England, so it's kind of like fuck you, we're the better ones, and it's like no fuck you. Um, it's good though. It's a good film. I was gonna say, can I help you both out with that debate? Go for it. Neither, neither are neither <laughs> are great. Neither are great. I have some friends from like is Blackpool up in your area? Yeah, it's uh, maybe I'd say like 30, 30 to forty five minutes away from Manchester. Yeah, I have a good friend from Blackpool. I have some friends from Manchester as well. And it's like if the argument is between you and Scotland, the answer mm. is any, anywhere else. <laughs> and do we know the rest of the world exists? Have you been to Spain? Spain's amazing. The funny thing is, like, people from the north and uh, people from Scotland are very fucking similar. The difference is, is when you start getting south, um, which, is, which is quite funny because the people that are, are very close together end up squarreling over things, you know what I mean, having the arguments. It's like, hey, we're exactly the fucking same. But that that is like everything in life, let's be honest. Well, it's always funny because like the north and south within England, mm. but then there's even north and south within London. Mm. Like, you go to London, like North London versus South London. Mm. Like, you go 45 minutes south of London, like, dude, I take my headphones out. Like, I, I'm like checking waistlines for guns and knives. Like, it's a totally different world, man. I, I go to Croydon every now and then, and I'm just like, this place is fucking insane. Yeah, it's a very territorial 
piece of land. Um, but it's, I mean, it's riddled with history, mate. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like bred into the fucking earth that you, uh, you need to slap your neighbor, which makes complete no sense at all. But it, you know, it is what it is. It's just history coming out. You're also a country that still has an old lady that you guys worship, which is amazing to me. She is proof that aliens exist. Yeah, dude, she must have been dead. She's been dead for like 10 years. She's just a puppet at this point. Just, <laughs> yeah, if you look really closely, you can see the strings. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Goddamn. Oh, Queen Lizzie. I'd love to get a, uh, get a picture with Lizzie. Get her on the podcast. Wouldn't that be something? Oh, that'd be amazing. I'd be the first one, uh, first one to uh, say the word cunt in front of the Queen. Does the Queen have an Instagram is what I want to know. Just slide into the DM and be like, hey. <laughs> You want to come on the podcast? Listen, like, uh, you fellas uh, croaked it. Do you want to put me in the will? There you go, yeah. yeah. I think she'd, be, she'd be up for it. she got enough to go around. Yeah, why not? Um, I'm going to have to ask. Talk to me about Prescript. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, man, uh, it's been a... So, we started Prescript in 2016. Jordan and I, my co-founder, went to chiropractic college together, um... And we were uh, one of our two of a handful of students that actually stayed in the area where we studied. So we studied just south of San Francisco, um, kind of between San Francisco and San Jose. Really expensive place to live, Silicon Valley. You know, you incur like a lot of student debt and too intensive of a program that you could work, that you couldn't work through it. So it's like we weren't making money. We were spending a lot of money in school. We both opened up our own practice and we would meet once a week just to, commiserate together honestly is what it was like yeah are you pretty poor it's like yep well this is how poor i am wow that's pretty poor uh and then after a while we kind of like how we could optimize our business in person like you know we would help each other out like hey i'm using this software i'm using this billing service or whatever and then we kind of you know we grew decently quick in our clinical practices um just because we had like a pretty differentiating focus on being around strength training and i was a competitor pilot he was really uh, active in the CrossFit community and competitive in the CrossFit community. Uh, and then, so we tried to scale our office experience online. It's like, well, we don't really do much man. I'm not, we don't do much manual therapy, but the manual therapy we do, we could probably spin up with a lacrosse wall or a foam roller or band or something like that. And the real linchpin is like how it is that you train, not just corrective exercise, but exercising correctly. So we could probably do this to a certain degree online and we were both like starting our social media instagram kind of accounts with the intent and purpose of like building a like a a reputation for being someone in the industry that was educated on like rehab and sports science things like that Mm -hmm. um so it started off by like answering dms of people like hey my knee hurts and then we put together and shot some videos for some like corrective exercise of air quoting that um, that we found ourselves commonly prescribing for people in person and then commonly prescribing for people online. And then we systematized it into like a, I guess, periodized program for like the basically shoulders, hips, and spine. So like upper body, lower body, and then midline. And then started doing like custom stuff. And it's just kind of evolved. And in 2018, late 2017, I got approached by a, a franchise in Canada to revamp their in-person personal training department, like education. We're quite like a big club. So there's 375 gyms across the country. Uh, and I was to write the curriculum for their leveling system within the gym. So level two trainer, level three trainer, level four trainer, what do they need to know? Mm. Um, and then I decided to put that under the banner of Prescript and kind of like have it affiliated with the brand. And then Prescript kind of overnight went from like kind of like a, a rehab training platform to an education platform. And then I was able to land another contract in uh, later that year with Ultimate Performance, which is like, you know, bigger in the UK. Nick Mitchell is from, is from the UK originally. And there's a handful of clubs across Manchester and Leeds and London and all that. Um, and so similar with Nick, where he just wanted me to t- kind of teach his trainers across the world, um, just some of the principles of like anatomy and biomechanics and stuff uh, that I had sort of picked up over the years in school and my own training. And then it sort of really hit stride in probably like late 2018. Um, 
because all of our in-person education was exclusive to uh, or private or exclusive to private gyms, like you could only really attend anything I was doing if you were a trainer at one of these clubs that had hired me to, to revamp their education and then subsequently teach it. There was a market online emerging for people who wanted to be a part of what we were doing that were remote. So I decided to make like the Prescript Level 1 course, which was like kind of an amalgamation and an expansion off some of the principles that I was teaching at Good Life and some that I was teaching at UP and some that I had documented kind of in a book that I was writing. And I just kind of put it out there in September of 2017, maybe. And um, yeah, ever since then, we've sort of really been um, kind of doubling down on our position as like an education company. Um, so right now we have level one and level two are sort of like our flagship courses. And we have ancillary courses that are specific to Olympic weightlifting, um, uh, powerlifting, so powerlifting, a skill acquisition. Oh, geez, I should be way better at this. Um, we have a programming course coming. I think that's it. Level one, level two, barbell weightlifting, skill acquisition, programming. Yeah, so just, we offer six courses right now, and our big focus is just on turning out um, sort of education curriculum in the space of like sort of health, fitness, functional anatomy, um, applied biomechanics. That's kind of like it in a nutshell. But uh, yeah, it's I've never sat down and done like a five-minute elevator pitch on what the hell the company actually is. So that was an interesting exercise for me. Mate, like it's uh, it's really cool to see because you know. I mean, back in the day when you when you get into this whole field, it's either you go and do a degree and then you try and figure it out or you go the other route and don't do the degree and you go to like the YMCA type fitness shit and get like a, a cert to put on your wall saying congratulations, you are now a personal trainer. It's like, well, what do I do now? Because all I know is how to do PNF stretching and that's about it. Um, so it's like, well let's just kind of figure it out on the fly and you, you test, uh, you use the people as test dummies. Right. So it's, it's really cool to see all these different pieces of uh, material coming out where it's like, Oh yeah, you can go in in person, do that. You can go down that route. You can go do a degree, blah, 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 blah. But now there's also online courses, which is absolute second and non piece of information where you're like, wow, this is actually really going to help people rather than going through 10 years down the line and figuring it out and fucking up a lot of people. Now, now you, now you know what you're doing. Yeah, I think it's like, it's it's much, there's a lot more pressure to stay current in the online space with your education. Like I remember going through grad school and it's the same damn curriculum they were teaching 20 years ago, mm. right? Because they, they have the accreditation, they have the building, they have the national board, they have all these things behind them that they don't have to change, mm. which is like not really going to push the profession. Like I'm already starting to think that, you know, I've been doing this for a handful of years now. And like, I'm already excited to see when someone looks at the stuff that I teach and go like, is that it? Is that, and then takes it and then expands on it. Right. Cause like, um, and I, I'm not like, I grew up under like watching Charles Poliquin, right. To me, I would read a Paul. I read a Poliquin article when I was 15 about not front squatting over six reps. Mm-hmm. And I haven't front squat. I'm 31 next week. And I haven't front squatted over six reps in like 16 years. And it's like, I now, you know, 15, 16 years later, I look at Paul Oakland and, you know, I have a tremendous amount of respect for his legacy in the industry, but there are things that I can wholeheartedly disagree on. There are things that I can maybe like expand upon that maybe he didn't consider or like avenues of the field that he just willfully blinded himself to or chose not to, uh, to explore. But it's like, that's kind of what I want. Like that's Paul Oakland was such like a catalyst for me in my career and it's like oh if I can be even like a a 16th of what he was or a 32nd or a 64th however you want to fractionate him down Mm. then yeah absolutely because like and I think that the online accelerates that so much like Mm. you have to be open to new concepts like what I'm writing now in the level two course is so far beyond when I originally laid out the map for level one level two level three the content of the level two, as far as like what I think to be difficulties or level of difficulty and comprehension is way past where I thought it would initially be just because the people coming in now are that much smarter, right? They're that much more um, uh, well-practiced or well-versed. It's like, okay, like we need to stay a step ahead. That's totally fine. 
Uh, so it definitely pushes us to be on kind of like the leading edge of things. And it's hard to even say the leading edge because like a lot of the principles that we're teaching like are just that, they're principles. Like it's not like we're, you know, reinventing the wheel. It's just sort of describing how the wheel works um, more than anything. But uh, yeah, it, it's pretty wild to see how the online space has, I think, had a net positive, at least on the way we approach things as far as like the quality of the information that gets turned out. Mm. it's opened up the competition too right so there's a, a lot more people trying to do the same thing and then competition just breeds like progression and excellence and you know you gotta you gotta step up your game it's like all right if you want to be the best out of 10 people you are the best out of 10 people but if you want to be the best out of a 10 million people like it's a little bit harder you know um so it just pushes you to to go above and beyond yeah, and it's definitely it definitely does become like you say step your game up. Like it definitely is a game, mm. right? Like there's a because now with social media, like you know, there's so many other factors that matter other than the quality of your information, right? Like the amount of time I spend, you know, corresponding with graphic designers or photographers or videographers or audio engineers for for, for building podcast studios or the amount of crap I know about cameras is so for what I so unnecessary. Like I can go and be like, Oh, is that like a mirrorless Sony a seven three series? Or like, Oh, that's the full frame a 64. It's like, do I, I, I fucking lift weights. Like, why do I need to know this? But it's like, you see those people who at least respect the fact that look, if you think you have a message worth sharing, you better, you better dispense of your ego and be like, well, it's great information. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter who teaches it. It doesn't matter if I'm in shape or not. It's like, no, it absolutely, there are times where I don't want to work out, but I want the company to be successful. And I know part of that is me not looking like a potato all the time. So it's like, all right, I guess we'll go train because that's part of it. But it's like, if those are the rules of the game and everyone has to play by those rules and win the game. Right. And so it's interesting to see who can kind of see it for what it is. And this is like a transition from the old guard. Like I remember reading, like Poliquin obviously was one, but like Dave Tate, Elite FTS, Louis mm -hmm. Simmons, Westside Barbell. And it's like, you know, you only found your way onto those websites if you were really, really into it when we were younger, because it wasn't visually appealing. There was no click, no such thing as clickbait titles. There was no thing as high resolution image. Like you just went on and you went for it, but that's not the way it is now, especially if you're trying to reach a new market. So there's a lot to like sort of that game that you just need to, you need to buy all in. Like you, you can't sit on the fence of this stuff. It is the way it is, regardless of how you feel about it. Mm. It's hard, but it's also fascinating because you do get to put your finger in many pies and you get to kind of learn other things. And um, I don't know, it always sort of freshens it up. So you can't necessarily get bored. Oh yeah. No, it's amazing. I mean, I love that part of it because I think a lot of people now can come at come at the game from the wrong vantage point like you come at it from understanding right if you understand uh, like iso if you understand aperture if you understand shutter speed if you understand lighting if you understand thumbnails and titles and clickbait and instagram and algorithms and all this you can do pretty well if you want to do really well understand your craft first and then you know you can either leverage or like you can do it yourself or do both like we've just built out a podcast studio I don't know, like it's got one, two, three, four, five, 4K black magic cameras. We got like an ATEM switchboard, four monitors, an LCD screen. We got four, again, it's like I, and like we went through and picked out all this. And it's interesting for me because, like, oh, this is a whole nother thing that, you know, I can look at equipment and be like, oh, this is a, an Aleco bar and this is a Texas deadlift bar. But I can also now do that and walk into a room and be like, oh, like those are Sennheiser mics or those are, these headphones or that's this monitor or whatever. So yeah, it, it keeps it interesting. It definitely makes your life way more than just reps and sets. That's for sure. Mm. It's like the the whole saying of like, if you live a hundred lives, you would learn a hundred different crafts, right? You could never get bored. Like I don't understand how people can get bored of what they're doing. Like there's just so many things out there that will take you fancy and you can just go down that avenue, you know, but we are also blessed in the fact that we do not have a nine to five. We don't have to be somewhere at a certain time. I yes, if we have a schedule or whatever, blah, 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 we have to be there. But we do have that that option of like kind of meandering around the day and, and bending everything and then just stretching it out rather than be like, all right, I'm going to go sit at my desk for eight hours and I'm going to come home and sink some lagers. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it can be a blessing and a curse, man. Because I, I use the word stretch out. I think that's where, on the time management thing, you can, you will use the time you have to do the tasks that you need to do. Mm-hmm. Right? I had this teacher in grade seven. He told about his like cousin that worked is his kind of a remedial job. He had to clean the parking lot, which was an overflow parking lot for the staff of a casino in our hometown, and they would drop him off and be like, yeah, it was obviously a, like a massive parking lot. And he's like, okay, like we'll pick you up in three hours. And you just go around with a broom and sweep up. It's, it's kind of like obviously a bullshit job. Mm-hmm. And he, like the kid worked really hard and he did, he did it in like an hour. But he had two hours to kill. So when the guy came back to pick him up, he was just sitting there. Like, you can't clean a parking lot any more than it's, once it's clean, it's fucking clean. Like there's no trash. On the, it's, it's outside. Like what do you expect? Yeah. And then the guy kept getting yelled at. He's like, hold on, I'm doing a good job. And I'm doing it efficiently and you're mad at me. So the guy was like, fuck it. I'm just going to take three hours to clean the damn thing. And I think that's where in our industry, where we kind of get a taste of this freedom, we break away from the nine to five. Maybe we get a few clients, a couple clients in the morning, come back on the train in the middle of the day, a couple clients in the afternoon, right? Like fuck how, how, for how long that was my life. And man, did I feel good. I was, uh, I was an entrepreneur. Are you joking me? I'm in the middle of the day, maybe go out for lunch come back, hop a pre-workout, train for three and a half hours, shower quickly before my client showed up, you know, train three clients and go, whew, what a red letter day. It's like, you lazy piece of shit. Block your clients. Hey, 5 a.m. to 5 or 10 a.m. Train. You're at home by noon. Then your day starts. Then you work on things that are going to get you out of that situation, right? You're going you're gonna to work on you know, whether it was the business or whether it was going to school, or I think a lot of times we fucking just pat ourselves on the back and think, oh, what a day. I'm exhausted. Look at all the things I did. It's like, look how long it took you to do those things. Hmm. Right? Like, yeah, I used to love training for three hours, but it's like, I was just fucking jerking around. Right. But now it's like, I have 45 minutes. Why? Because I got a call at the end of this and I just got off a call. I have 45 minutes. Go do as much as you can. So it's, uh, it can be a blessing and a curse. Like it can be a crutch and an anchor. And a lot of people like, and hey, if that's how you want to live your life, totally do your thing, do whatever makes you happy. But like to your earlier point about time management, it's like that, that surplus of time is an illusion. Mm. And I think it fucks people up so bad because they just, they feel like a couple of clients in the morning, do this, oh my shit, they got it all in their calendar. It's like, okay but that better not be your fucking calendar in two years, man. Like you better actually pick some time out to sort of invest in like your future return. Otherwise this is going to, going to be it forever. I'm so glad you said that, man. Cause a lot of people um, get comfortable with like stagnation. They just, they know what's going on. They know where they are. They just want to stay there for the next five, 10 years or, or even longer. But for me, it like freaks me the fuck out. Like if I'm not making any progress, like it fucking freaks me out. And there's like so many conversations I've had with, with like ex mates, ex fucking girlfriends, like people, like family members or some shit. They're like, what are you doing? Like you finished your work. And I'm like, yeah, I finished my work to keep me where I'm at, but now I need to go do some work. So I don't fucking stay where I'm at. Like, but I don't understand. Like you're doing all right. I was like, yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm not doing fucking amazing. I'm not doing great. I'm not doing fantastic. Like we need to fucking keep going. Yeah, it's, and uh, I don't know, it's for, it's what people value, right? Like if people value you sitting around and not being stressed and well, that's cool, man. I just, I'm, I'm just like you. I had my, my girlfriend's mom, uh, when we started dating, she's like, what do you do? Which is like, fair enough, man. Like yeah. I'm covered a bunch of dumb tattoos. You know, I, I, I live in an okay neighborhood. Like most of my neighbors think I'm drug dealer. I'm a drug dealer. Like, <laughs> whatever man it's all good but and I I was like think of like and I told her this analogy I'm like I kind of work on the post like it's like I work in the post office on the internet she's like what do you mean I'm like the work just keeps coming in it's just I always have shit to do and like my girlfriend's great she's like she knows it's like hey are you done work she doesn't even say that anymore she's like are you done work for tonight is the phrase it's like yeah I could be done for tonight but it's like no it doesn't stop it's just it can be as expansive as, as an undertaking as you want it to be. But uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting lifestyle because if you can, if you can make it work for you and you can, you can, you can invest in that prospect of like future returns, 
it's insane. It's insane what you can do with an extra few hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people just, yeah, they either, you know, a few loggers as it were, or they just fill up that entire day with things that are just working on being okay currently rather than kind of investing in future. For me, it's the people you meet along the way, man. Like the the amount of like fucking incredible individuals that I would never have had an opportunity to even have a conversation with, i.e. like the likes of yourself right now, or even you just bump into each other in the fucking gym or whatever, and you just kind of like get linked up through through someone else. It's like, whoa, like we have so much in common. We're just going to feed off each other. Boom. Now you've just gained so much more motivation, inspiration, like even just collaboration or anything like that. It's the people you meet along the way, man. It's fucking, it's insane. And that's, and the longer you're in it, the more, like that, that's leverage essentially, right? The more mm. you'll be able to leverage that piece. Like that still to me, and again, I've been doing this a while. It's still to me, the thing that keeps me doing it is like, I'll find myself in gyms where I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, I know this guy, that guy's got a Super Bowl ring on. This guy's worth this much money, this guy, whatever. And it's like, yeah, that's the, that I think to me is the most addictive part of it is like, who's going to walk through that door next? Mm-hmm. I just had that recently on the last, uh, like I said, I went up to Auckland, right? Um, so last Thursday I got an email, <clears throat> it took, they took them like fucking three months to get back to me as, as people do. And I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever, like we're all got, we've all got shit to do, but yeah, yeah, Alex, uh, uh, come up, here's two tickets, blah, blah, blah. And they invited me to a tech talk. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, me, are you sure? So I go up, you know, you fucking like shaking hands, breaking bread with, uh, with the likes of like CEOs, startup companies, people that are creating AI for like um cardiology fucking diagnosing diseases like way before the naked eye can do i'm just like mate i was fucking homeless twice what the fuck am i doing here you know what i mean but you stay in that room long enough and you realize all those people are homeless too yeah fucking it's it's i mean it's the people man it's the people that make it like we said the people make the world go wrong yeah oh without a doubt it's uh and I think it, of all things that compound, like your understanding compounds, hopefully your, your, your lifestyle, your, your comfort, whatever, all of that compounds, but nothing hits a hockey stick curve, like the caliber of people. And it's because we communicate just like anyone else, like, you know, one a software engineer or someone working on neural network convolutions to diagnose pathologies in some AI setting, he communicates with ones and zeros. We communicate with reps and sets. But it's like the passion behind that thing that you're communicating. It's like that's what you really start to find is the similar piece behind all those people in that room. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, like we're not that different. It's just, you know, we can look at what we do and we can kind of like put it put it in the corner and be like, yeah, we just play around in the gym. But it's like, no, nah, we communicate. And the better you get at it, the, the, the better conversations you get to have with people who are equally as skilled in their respective means of communication. Yeah, man. Like you break down the dialogue that people are, are coming out with. Like we're, we're saying the same things, we're just using different mediums. Right. And uh, I don't know, like it, it usually just takes like an open ear and like, okay, we'll, we will sit down and have a honest conversation. I'll ask you questions to hear your side, vice versa, blah, blah, blah. And then people get to understand that. Yeah, people usually come to conversations as a little bit emotionally charged. You know what I mean? It's like, well, I know about my thing, so my thing's right. It's like, ah, yeah. uh, in your eyes. You know? Yeah, it's it's nice too, like when you're speaking like across discipline. Because mm. I think it's way easier to uh, like abandon your ego. Because mm. it's like I don't need to front that I need to know a lot about fitness because this guy knows a lot about computer science. So he did in his eyes, I am the smartest fitness guy he knows because I'm probably the only fitness guy he knows. Yeah. So you can have way more open conversation and vice versa. Like maybe he gets real uh scared about not being the smartest computer science guy and, but he's talking to a fitness guy. So it's like, it allows him to speak a little bit more candidly and a little bit more open and like kind of devoid of ego. Cause like, I know how I get, and then again, like I've been doing this a while, but I know when I talk to other people about fitness stuff, I'm still like, Oh shit, am I wrong? Mm-hmm. Like, and then you get to the point where it's like, does it matter if I'm wrong? Does it matter? Like, well, what's the consequence of this being a mistake? But uh, yeah, it is nice to start to, to reach outside and I think it's only when you go certain depths within what we do that those conversations become beneficial. It's like, oh, okay, like you solved this problem in your respective field that was a challenging problem. 
I've had to do something similar and you can kind of look left and right and go, oh, okay, we're all very similar and we're overcoming these hurdles. We're just overcoming them um, with different tools of calibration. Mm. Yeah, we, we each uh, respect each other's paths, but we're just not walking down, you know, we're walking down our own path. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I appreciate the hard work you've put in for that to get to that result, but I'm just on a different path and you're going to do the same thing for me. Right. Yeah, 100 mm. percent. It's uh, it's it's a good it's a good solace to have. It's nice to know other people are just going through it. Mm. Right? Like it's nice, like oh, you know, it's nice to know someone else gets up at five a.m. It's nice to know that someone else has to deal with like lawyers or accountants or whatever the hell. So it's yeah, misery loves company, as they say, right? Mm, mm. I've got um, I've got a mate who's actually going to be moving into my place. It's going to be like a fucking gladiator camp. Um, again, he's the one from Scotland, and occasionally we'll fucking send each other messages at four o'clock in the morning. Like, I'm up, motherfucker. Like, you know, I'm up reading or fucking getting after it. I hope you're fucking awake. And he'll just send me like a, a middle finger emoji. I was like, oh, I've been up for five minutes. Uh, yeah, that's good, man. That's good. I think, and just as like the people that you can you can meet outside of the industries are are important, like the people that you surround yourself on a day to day. That's probably been like my biggest catalyst is that it's like, dude, I go, I was in Florida for four months. I just got, only got back to Canada two weeks ago. And every time I was in a room, I was the poorest person in the room. I was the dumbest person in the room. And I'm not being like hyperbolic. Like I'd be in a room where it was easy. Like my, my boss at one of my jobs, you can go online and see how much he made in his career in the NFL. He made $120 million playing football. His gym is worth $300 million. It's like, Oh, okay. I'm good here. But it's such a, like, and I, and I know that that is such a catalyst that when things shut down here and I couldn't be around my other friends that were infinitely more successful or driven or passionate here, I'm like, Oh, I'm gone. I literally like, Oh, they're, we're shutting things down again. And I just booked a plane to Florida. And I called a few of my friends like, hey, I'm coming. And that was the only reason. That was the whole driving factor. Like, I can't not be around those people that are going to push me to get up. Because I have friends that get up at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. But they make a couple million dollars a month. So, hey, maybe when I got, you know, eight, nine figures in the bank account, I'll get up at 10 a.m. But I'm going to get up at 4.30 now because they're younger than me and they're waking up because they've earned that. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, I got to pay into that. And that to me is motivated. Them waking up at 10 makes me want to get up earlier. Yep. It's like, Oh, I got to catch you. And the only way I'm going to catch you is if I like, if I'm up six and a half hours before you are. And sometimes that doesn't even feel like enough, but yeah. And that's like, I think when it comes down to networks, like, and it doesn't have to be in your field, but whoever you threaten, not even that, like whoever you follow online. Yep. Yep. Or what yep. are you inundating yourself with? Like, you know, it's, there's so much noise and there's so little signal it's like people can get just get lost in the noise it's like the more you can flush that part out the way better off you'll be it's what you're consuming right like um i'm pretty sure it's common knowledge now that if you fucking eat makis all the time you're gonna feel like shit right it's like well yeah i'm putting i'm putting shit food in my system the body will feel like shit the mental state will feel like shit too yet we go over to like the social media, fucking whatever, mainstream media, whatever it is, we're just consuming or we're, we're being around those types of people. I'm like, well, why, why am I feeling really unproductive? Why am I not doing this? Why am I not doing that? And it's like, you are consuming what is around you. You are consuming what you're reading, what you're watching. Like it's, it's going to end up messing with you. And uh, the easiest thing to do is just go super introverted and be like, right, I'm going to cut all that bullshit out. I've got a bedtime, you know, I'm off my phone like 30 minutes before your bed so you can wind down or do whatever you need to do. Um, and then, like you said, surround you, surround yourself with those people that fucking push you. Be the dumbest, poorest motherfucker in the room, weakest motherfucker in the room. It is the best way to progress. Yeah, oh, without a doubt, man. I'm a testament to that. I couldn't agree more. And it's, I think a lot of people, like you said, there's the comfort and the complacency. It's like, I have friends I'm no longer, and you, like you said, ex-mates, ex-girlfriends, like people mm. you used to be friends with, people you used to be in a relationship with. And it's like, that's okay. Mm. I think a lot of people are like, I have maybe two friends from when I was a kid that I still talk to because they're, they think in a very similar fashion to me. But I, I have friends I grew up with that are fucking retarded. Mm. I have friends that are like, they're morons. They're absolute morons. Like, yeah, they were great. And if I ever needed to bury a body, I would call them. 
but it's like dude at this point and it's okay like it's not and people look at that like oh you're like turning your back it's like no man like it's just it's just not gonna benefit me so it's like it's not like i'm talking shit like i tell them that they're stupid i told them that they're stupid to the day we met but it's like it's okay that they're stupid they know that they're stupid they love being stupid it's one of their it's one of their favorite things to do it's like all right yeah that's cool man like we just don't hang out all the time anymore because it's like i can't have i can't consume that as you put it right like it's just we're not here for a very long time, man. It's mm-hmm. weird. Like I'm turning 31 next week and starting to fuck with me a little bit because I'm like, no, I'm not in my twenties anymore. And now I'm kind of, kind of getting old. So it's like, you know, if I live to 60, that's only double this. If I live to 90, that's only, you know, two thirds more than this. Like this wasn't a very, it didn't take me long to get here. Mm-hmm. So it's like, man, I don't want to waste any time. So if I feel like I'm wasting time on someone or with, I'm out, I'm on. Yeah, time and money is the only thing you can spend once. Yeah, yeah like you can, you can go make more money. Yeah, you can make more money, which is great, you know. But at the same time, like you can't spend that time again, right? Um, and you can't spend that money again. You have to go make it, which usually involves swapping out more time. More time. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Buying back your time has been one of the most important concepts I've adopted probably the last couple of years, anytime where I can pay to buy back my time, that's a worthwhile investment. Mm. Like if I can pay to not have to stand in line waiting for a flight and I can show up at the airport because I can get to go on a different line or some shit, I don't care if I make no money. I'll make time back and then I can make money. Mm. Brilliant. Let's do that. That's yeah. Buying back time is like, because I think we see it a lot of time on the front end. And I think people get trapped in like, what got them somewhere is what going to get them to the next level. And it's not like you got to abandon a lot of the ways that you think when you try and progress. And one of the things that I would do is like, okay, I would, I used to spend a lot of time just like, you know, just grunt work, grunt work, grunt work, just do what other people won't do, do it when they won't do it. But at a certain point, it's like, if I'm, if this is work that I could get someone else to do and my time now better leverage doing something else, I'm not going to waste my time. If I, if money can give me time back, here, take, take the money mm. and I'll take the time. So it's, it's, I literally had a conversation with a guy, uh, his name's Fuad Abiyad. So Fuad is a professional bodybuilder out of Canada. He has like a very, very successful bodybuilding podcast it's called the real bodybuilding podcast. And you know, it's a YouTube channel, 300, 400,000 subscribers. Like you'll probably do, do like a few million downloads a month, cumulatively, like, very successful dude. And we just had him on our podcast and I was asking him, so I actually got him into podcasting years ago. I was like, dude, just fucking do it, man. Like old school bodybuilder, doesn't want to do it. I hate social media, all that crap. Hmm. And what I, and I was telling him, like, he's like, you know, I, he usually edits and uploads the episodes himself. And I'm like, dude, the second I could afford to have someone do that for me, I just did it. He's like, yeah, but what about your margins? Like, yeah, I didn't make money for like a month. And then with the time that it took me to, that I was uploading videos and all this crap that someone else was doing, I did that to something that was leveraged to making that money back and then some, right? So just understanding like however you can buy your time back. And I think it starts too with learning how to value your time period, which is something that people in our industry really struggle with, mm-hmm. right? Like a personal trainer, ask them how much they're worth an hour. They have no idea. They have no idea how to calculate that. Hey, what should I charge? What are you worth? What do you value? What do you value yourself? What, what, what have you, what have you proclaimed to be valued for, right? Like, what are your credentials? What have you done? Who have you trained? Do you look like you train? Like there's so much that goes into it. And a lot of people just kind of go into these conversations like so haphazardly and they're just like, eh, 50 bucks, 100 bucks. All right, how are you basing it? Then how do you know how to progress? How do you know when to charge more? It's, um, it, it does seem to be like one of the Achilles heels of people who get into our industry. It's like not understanding the transaction of time and money. Especially when you come up and you're, you know, you're, you're scrimping and scraping for pennies, right? You, do, you don't have two pennies to rub together. Like it's hard to turn down like cash in hand or, or, or money straight away. You're like, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to turn down that hour, hourly rate because I'm going to use that hour to work on something. But that thing that I end up producing or creating or doing whatever, that networking will then just give me quote unquote passive income further down the line, right? So if you create right. that online stuff or say, for example, you're coaching me in person, right? Well, you're coaching me, I pay you for that hour. Great, you've helped one person. Fantastic. Go on with your day. Or... 
you're online and you coach 10 other people, that's 10 people paying. Yet that stuff is already online. It's already there. They can come back to it whenever they need to. And then that can just exponentially grow. So it's really hard to get out of the mindset of like a blue collar mindset of I am going to trade my time for money. Um, and it's something that I've gone through personally. It was just like everyone around me was blue collar, right? Coming out of the fucking West side of Manchester. It's you just get paid to do manual labor. You know what I mean? And that's all you're good for. You're like, well, hold on a minute. Like I can only ever make X amount per day because they're only ever going to pay me for those hours. And I can't have any more hours than 24. I was like, well, then I'm kind of fucked. Or you can like trade that time, work on something, and then you are getting paid when you're no longer there because you've created something like tangible, whether it's online, obviously, granted, it's not tangible, but people can use it. And then it, it, then it just snowballs, you know, and then you've got multiple streams going into one pot. And if you're filling up a, a glass with, with multiple different streams or multiple different taps, it's going to fill up quicker, right? Then you can use that glass to go fill something else up. Yeah, and it's easy. I'm- it's easy to lose the blue collar mindset when you go into the digital space. But if you can take that blue collar mindset into the internet, hmm. you'll, cause it's like kind of what I said earlier, like all I do is just wake up earlier than other people. Mm-hmm. Like I'll, I'll just do stuff that other people won't do. Mm-hmm. It's the, really the bottom line. It's like, I'm not necessarily like smart by any stretch of the imagination. I'll just, I'm just dumb enough to do stuff that other people are like, eh, I probably won't do that. And it's like, that's just a blue collar. I grew up in like a really rough part of Southwestern Ontario. And it's like, that's just what you did. Everyone works in factories and fucking builds cars and shit. And that was kind of it. So it's like, if I, I don't work hard, but if I can make it kind of hard for me and how I work online and waking up early is a part of that, but I have this scalability, it's like, I will get a return equal to that of the disproportionate amount of more effort I put in to that of my contemporaries in the digital space. So it's like, and I'm not saying that like, you know, I'm fucking Bernie Madoff or anything like that, but it's like, I have noticed that some of my friends are getting the digital space just to earn the same amount online in less time, which is totally fine. But if like, if I can now use it online and work 12 hours a day, I'm going to be way further on than if I was stacking bricks for 12 hours a day. Right. And so I don't want to, I didn't move into the digital space to work for an hour a day and get paid for stacking bricks for 12 hours a day. I got into the digital space for, to work for 12 hours a day and get paid like I would for a month or two months or six months. Right. So that's kind of like where you see people kind of like you divide, they see the online space as like kind of a means to kick their feet up. But if you can kind of keep your skin in the game, like if you can keep that blue collar mindset, Dude, you're going to be, especially like the transient nature of our industry, like everything is so temporal. Like, dude, I, you could fall out of favor tomorrow. Like, I would probably suggest that if you can like, strike while the iron is hot, right? like, if you can be, if you have a captive audience or if you can build a captive audience, like, don't, don't kick your feet up, man. Like, don't relax and, and, and sort of, you know, rest on your laurels as it were. It's like, now is the time to really stoke the fire. Take that blue collar mindset into the internet and then you'll really be, you'll really be onto something. Mm. That's totally right, mate. And I, I actually have the same conversations with, with some of the boys back home. You know, I've known them for fucking years, right? Since God was a lad. Um, and at the same time, like, mate, you fucking break yourself day in, day out. You work seven days a goddamn week to scrape by. Like you use that fucking mindset get yourself into a better position, i.e. maybe come over here or whatever, start working through accountancy, fucking IT or whatever it is, you know, start working on a frigging laptop rather than with your hands. Mate, you will fucking, you will roll in it within the space of a year and a half, two years. All you got to do is take the same mindset. You don't have to change anything between your ears and just apply it in a different space. Yes, you've got to break that social, that barrier of like, oh, my parents fucking stack shelves, so I've got to do that or whatever. It's like, nah, man, you're built for more, man. Yeah. Yeah, and I I mean, I was in a similar situation. My parents offered me an analog solution to a digital problem. I went to school for a decade and incurred a quarter million dollars in debt and came up the other end and I was sitting standing next to people who were making... You know, they would make my student debt back and profit in their online business. And they would do it with nothing more than like a bicep vein and a six pack. And I'm like, but you don't have, you don't have a bunch of diplomas and initials after your name. And he's like, oh, you think that matters? But I do have a million followers on TikTok. Uh, What's TikTok? 
oh, all right, fuck me, right? So it's yeah, it, it's definitely something that you know you can you can leverage, like you can you can do that and and leverage yourself a better situation. Like I, my sister went to medical school. She's like a real doctor in Australia. My parents, my father's an engineer. Like again, like my my I feel bad for my mom because she always has to feel the questions from her friends. And how are the kids doing? And she always starts with Heidi because my sister is like married to CEO has a house on the ocean she has a young daughter she's like a, an, an emergency room physician in northern australia townsville australia and then it goes like well how's jordan and like my parents really don't know what like they don't know how to describe what i do so like uh we don't really know where he is he's he's doing okay but like, well, we're doing fine but like it is it we are on a bit of a we're an interesting generation that is that, that grew up in time to instill values in us before social media maybe took yeah. that away from us, yeah. but also had enough of, of an understanding and respect of social media to understand its power, its capability. So it's like, if you were born between like, I don't know, 95 to like 87, you're kind of 95 might be a little bit young. That puts you at like 25 years right now, turn 26. And like, I'm 30, so I was born in 1990. There's like, a, there's like an area of kids that I remember getting into social media when I was like 15 or 16 like MySpace or something may have been like the, the, the platform du jour. So I was like, I kind of knew, I had my wits about me by 15 or 16, enough to know like I couldn't really be swayed by shit on the internet, at least not as malleable as someone who may have had that introduced to them when they were 10, right? Which is if you were 1990 or if you were uh, 2000, if you were born in 2000, you would have been 10 when like MySpace and all that was in dead and stuff like it is a weird generation of people who still kind of respect the old guard and the old way of doing things. And, you know, the, the calloused hands and the, the sweat on your brow, blue collar work week, but also understand like, yo, I, I know about the internet. I'm not like, you know, talking into FaceTime with my ear to the camera, like my grandfather or anything like that. Um, so it is an interesting, and if you can kind of get over your apprehensions of like that stigma that might be attached to it, it's like, yeah, it's a bit, it is the new frontier. Like it is, it is a gold rush of sorts in whatever industry you're in. Mm. It really is, and it's uh, it's still the teething process, right? You're still the teething stage of trying to figure out what's going on, how to do it, blah blah blah. So you know, if you are hesitant to start, it's just like just start, mate. Like you'll fucking figure it out along the way. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to be an absolute whiz at this before you before you even put pen to paper or finger the keyboard um it's literally just start and figure it out yeah i think you find confidence in the more you do this that you realize that no one has any idea what they're doing yes like the more you do this like oh dude everyone's making this shit up mm. it's like oh i might as well make my shit up too and then everyone kind of gets together and pretends that they know what's happening like dude no one has any everyone's just fucking making like and that's regardless of regardless of the size of the entity. Like I've worked in some like very major corporations or sports teams where you're like, certainly they must have it figured out. No, it's, it's just people at the end of the day, right? Like it's always just people making these decisions. So it's like, oh, all right. And the, the, the consequence is so little. And that's why I don't understand like the aversion to starting. It's like, what do you got to lose? Mm. Right? Like there's really not much, there's not much risk now that you need to assume and that wasn't always the case and that won't always be the case like when if you want to advance in business like i think in my experience like taking risks to the to the degree in which that risk is in itself inherently risky is going to likely pay off risk relative to that amount of risk more risk more reward mm -hmm. but to start there's minimal risk and there's really only upside potential yeah the only thing you're you're, you're using it's your time like you can do so much for free you know what i mean like for free start off with fucking facebook or something like instagram like you know it's it's all a it's all a free platform and just just figure it out you know figure it out along the way man yeah and that's i think you know you gotta have confidence in that blue collar mindset so it's like whatever it is i'm going to sort it out uh, and it doesn't really matter what like i could you know and you the same like we could drop you into any industry tomorrow Mm -hmm. Like, hey, man, you're gonna you're gonna go into real estate, like, okay? Because the skill that you have is not you know, has anything to do with real estate. Mm -hmm. The skill is like an ability to figure things out. 
Yeah, man. Like I had it in um I had it in Auckland. I lived up there for like four months and I was absolutely pissed broke and uh just got fired from one job. I was like just getting only a little bit of a coaching gig and the other one with the with some kids and I was like, I right, I need I need to get a fucking second job. I'm pissed broke. So I walked into like some sort of fancy restaurant, never had a clue what fine dining is in my life. You know, don't know the difference, still don't know the difference for wine glasses. Don't know how to say the fucking wines. Don't know the cutlery. You know what I mean? I just like walked in. I was like, hey, mate, you're hiring. He's like, oh, have you got a CV and any experience? I was like, no, but I work harder than anyone else here. And he was like, okay, I'll see you tomorrow for a trial shift. I was like, yes, sir. Get there like fucking 30 minutes early. He was like, oh, do you know what you're doing? I was like, not a fucking clue, but I'll figure it out. Next thing you know, I get the job. And I was like, literally a bitch boy. You know what I mean? It's like, Alex, go fucking pick up this plate. I was like, yep, I got it. Go like serve this table yeah i got it no problem but i mean with a little bit of northern humor i can chat a bit of shit with the customers they kind of liked it you know and then i'm literally just running around like a fucking idiot lifting all the heavy kegs like okay cool yeah you're hired and it just literally rocked up and i was like look i need a fucking job you need someone that's going to work hard i will work harder than the fucking owner of this place i'm the guy easy easy days boom Fine dining, mate. Fuck me. That was a weird experience. Love it, dude. One of my favorite. One of my favorite things to do is go to a nice restaurant. Really? I'm not even joking. Dude, I eat 99% of my meals at a fucking Tupperware container. If I can ah. sit down at a Michelin star restaurant, oh, man. I can't. It is the one of my single most favorite things to do is to sit there and have some fucking guy from the north of England try and fuck about sh- the word Chateaubriand or some bullshit rich fucking stupid men anything i'm probably not gonna like it but i just love the yeah it's one of my literally one of my favorite things to do is like every now and then when i'm in a city that has a really nice restaurant that's that that's the one so the fact that you had to fuck around to do that is amazing to me honestly man i i rocked up there's this um there's this table of american families right they all came off of like a massive fucking cruise ship <clears throat> They're like oh excuse me i was like yeah yeah mate what, what's going on i was like oh can you tell me the differences between these two wines and I just looked at him and I was like, uh, one's red and one's white. And he thought I was taking a piss out of him. And I was like, honest to God, mate, that is the only thing I know. Like, one's fucking red, one's white. And he was like, right. I was like, do you, do you like this one? He was like, no. I was like, well, then I probably wouldn't order it, mate. And then that was it. <laughs> that, that was all I could fucking tell him. Dude, best advice ever. I was like, there wow. That's amazing. So what goes with this food? I don't know. I've never fucking, I don't know what you're eating. You know? That's hilarious. That's so funny. Oh, mate. Fuck me. Yeah. Got absolutely roasted by the, uh, the head chef one night. Cause she was like, Oh, Alex, take this to table, whatever. And she used the fucking proper name for it. And I was like, which one's that one? He was like, are you fucking, are you taking a piss? I was like, why, how don't you know what a fucking, I don't know, flaming yarn or whatever. And I'm like, I just looked at it. I was like, that's beef to me, mate. Next thing you know, fucking massive argument. She's like throwing shit. I'm like, look, fucking point and tell me the table and I'll get it done. Don't fucking use this fancy <laughs> shit for me. I have no idea what I'm doing. Oh, shit. You, can take, you can take the kid out of London. You can't take London out of the kid. Fucking mate, honestly. Honestly. It was a good time. It was a good time. That's funny. Especially when, uh, you know, people get, you know, you got to have this gin with this tonic water and this rum with this fucking soda and all that type of shit. And if you get it wrong, like they send it back. So I'm just like getting half cut on the fucking job because I'm like, well, if they're not going to drink it, I will. And it's free. Oh, that's the, that's the best part about being in one of those positions, man. It's like just getting just getting absolutely sauced off your own incompetence it's amazing yep. good for you oh no what was it oh yeah one of them was like oh I, i'm ill i can't drink with the fucking ster- uh, steroids i'm on i was like alex taste this wine tell me if it's tell me if it's okay said, yeah pro i i don't drink wine like it, it gives me a headache anyway i tasted it. i was like mm, pretty good for me. pretty good to me you know tastes alcoholic gives it to this like wine connoisseur from somewhere from the states and he goes no 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 that's that's gone off and again, I get in the shit. I was like, mate, I don't know the fucking difference between white and red wine. Never mind, like, whether it's gone off or not. Right. That's so funny. Yeah, to me, it's all sour grapes. Fucking in it, mate. Like, someone's just been standing on grapes. It gets a bit fermented. We drink it and we go a little bit tipsy. Wow. Yeah, no, I'm good. I could do without it. 
Yeah, fuck that shit. I'm not a wine guy. Whiskey, though. You're Canadian. So it's going to have to be whiskey. Not at all. Not at all. 12 years. Nice. Stop when, stop, 13. Stop drinking when I was 18. What is that? I had too much shit today. I was too busy. I was too busy on Sundays to be hungover. Oh, no. That's, that's why I don't. Well, I'll like maybe every fucking couple of months I'll have like one whiskey with uh with a couple of people but i can't i can't be hungover man like it yeah no it fucks me too much yeah if you like flambe dessert in alcohol i feel like oh really well you've 13 years like without a drop like it's it's oh, gonna do no. it yeah not for me mate i really appreciate your time yeah dude it's fun to talk shit mate where uh where would you send people if they want to want to fucking find you uh, Instagram's easiest. Uh, so at the underscore muscle underscore doc. Uh, any education staff would go uh, freescript.com, www.free-script.com. Um, yeah, those are probably two best places. Email address um, or my website, um, www.themuscledoc.com. Themuscledoc.com. I mean, that is a very fitting name. Absolute legend. Appreciate it, lad. You have a fucking cracking evening. Cheers, brother. All right, Good mate. Chat. Take it easy.